Good morning, Brad. Good morning. On this Monday morning, where I'm at in the northwest, it is very cold. Very cold and very cloudy, looking stormy. So, let's get all cuddly and do our Bible study this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the, even the opportunity that we have right now to be able to study the Word of God without somebody busting in the door and wanting to take our Bibles. You know, there's some countries that are like that, Brad. They don't have the privilege that we do to be able to read the Word of God, go through it, and be able to even do it live. Hello. You know, to be able to go live and share this publicly, that we have the opportunity to read the Word of God and actually have good uh, conversation about it. I'm telling you, Brad, we're a blessed nation right now. The Bible does say it's all going to come to a close very soon. So, we are very thankful to have this opportunity. Okay, we are still in 2 Chronicles. And we're actually in chapter 17. And we're going to chapter 21 today. So, let's uh, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Amen. Lord, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to eat your word again this morning, Lord. So we pray that you do continue to teach us, help us to grow and learn through your word from the Old Testament, to learn how it applies to today. Change us, mold us, and make us today, Lord, through your word. And we're so thankful, Lord, that we live in a country that right now we can go live and preach the word. We can go live and talk about it, and we can have a Bible I'm very thankful, I'm grateful today for the opportunity to be able to just soak in your word today in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, just have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Bride, you know I love to study out of the King James Version. So let's go to 2 Chronicles. Uh, chapter 2. I mean, chapter 17. All right, let's see. Is it 17? Yes, it is. Okay, here we go, Brad. Second Chronicles 17. And Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his stead and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed forces in all the fenced cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah, and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father had taken. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, because he walked in the first ways of his father David, Whoa. and sought not unto Baalim, but wow. unto the Lord God of his father. Pause. Another confirmation from God, right here at the beginning. This is the grandson, the grandson of David, who is now a king, and the Lord says in here that he honored David's way, not the new way, not Balaam, not the culture, 
he honored the proper order of God. And remember, I told you that is part of the judgment. Judgment comes when we get out of the order and out of the proper place of God. And we that is one of the problems with the New Apostolic Reformation is that they want to do away with the old order, the old ordinances of the way that God does things, and they want to make these new ordinances. And we see in Second Chronicles, again, God confirming in chapter 17, God blesses those that honor his proper order, the proper way that he does things. So like it says right here, and in verse 3, 2 Chronicles 17, verse 3, And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, this is David's grandson, because he walked in the first ways, in the first ways of his father David. So he honored the proper order and honored what God had done before. And sought not unto Balaam, what is Balaam? The culture. Balaam is the modern way, the new hip way. That's the Balaam. That's the same thing we're facing today. So let's continue here. Father, and walked in his commandments, and not after the doings of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. Come on. And all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat a presence. And he had riches and honor in abundance. Because he honored God and not culture. The ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places and groves out of Judah. Come on! Also in the third year reign, he sent to his yes, Lord. to Ben-Hail, and to Obadiah, and to Zechariah, and to Nathaniel, and to Micaiah, to teach in the cities of Judah. Whoa! And with them he sent Levites, even Shemaiah, and Nathaniah, and Zebediah, and Asahel, and Shemaramoth, and Jehonathan, and Adonijah, and Tobijah, and Tob Adonijah, Levites, and with them Elishama, and Jehoram, priests. And they taught in Judah, and had the book of the law of the Lord with them, and went about throughout all the cities of Judah, and taught the people. And the fear of the Lord... Pause, 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 pause. Now, what this king is doing, okay... He's honoring the proper order of God. And then he has his leadership is going throughout the country. Now that he's the king, they're going throughout the country and making sure everybody understands proper doctrine. That's exactly what this is, Brad. We can learn so much from this. And the thing is, is what happened to him? What is the fruit of his actions? The fruit of his actions is the abundant overflow blessings of God. So this confirms to us again that when we honor God and the way that he does things, even amid, amidst great persecution, the blessings on that person will be beyond what they could ever have on their own because God's blessings are overflow. But God's blessings come in obedience. Obedience is the key to your wealth. I've said this since Bible college back in 2006 and 7 when God showed me all the miracles. Remember, God did in a six-month span of time in Bible college a short little synopsis of what he's done now in the six-year span globally. So, the Lord be praised. But he showed me that obedience is the key to your wealth. 
obedience uh, is where all of your blessings are. And so when it says here, but sought the Lord God of his father and walked in his commandments. See, there are stipulations to the blessings. We have to obey the Lord. We have to follow his commandments and not after the doings of Israel, not after culture. We don't bend for culture. We don't partner with the unclean thing. No, we learned this through Nebuchadnezzar. We learned this, I mean, not Nebuchadnezzar, but through uh, Nehemiah. We learned this through all of these situations, Solomon and all of them. Turn away, you repent, turn, do not touch the unclean thing, do not partner with wickedness, and this is where your blessings are. Man, I am just so, with all this that's going on in our country right now, I am just so thankful for God's word. Because every time we do a Bible study, he confirms it. And I don't know what's in there. But every time. And y'all know God has me right now. I'm in this little resbit, this little resting place here in this cabin. And this is my time of being healed. Like when I go to church, riding the altar, being healed of love and, and God dealing with my heart. This is my time of him restoring me and preparing me for the next mission. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. All right, so let's continue here. We're in verse 6. Fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were round about Judah, so that they made no war. All right, let me go back. Shoshphat. Also, some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go back to verse 4. God of his father, and walked in his commandments, and not after the doings of Israel. Verse 5. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presence, and he had riches and honor in abundance. In abundance, there is obedience. In the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places and groves out of Judah. What did he do to honor God? Tore down the idols. Tore down the wicked places. Got rid of the occult. Got rid of the attachments of the country to the occult. This has to happen when we become, when we say that we're a Christian and we have partnered with Satan, especially if we say we have sold our soul to Satan. We, this has to be dealt with. And that's what he did. So let's continue. Also in the third year of his reign, he sent to his princes, even to Ben-Hale, and to Obadiah, and to Zechariah, and to Nathaniel, and to Micaiah, to teach in the cities of Judah. And with them he sent Levites, even Shemaiah, and Nathaniah, and Zebediah, and Isaiah. Pause. When it says right here that this king, David's son, David's grandson, when he started teaching and he started, first, what did he do, Brad? He tore down the idols in his country. He decided to honor his father, David. He decided to honor the precepts of the father. In other words, stuck in the right order of God, in the right. He followed the commandments. He didn't change the gospel, okay? And then what did he do, Brad? He sent out teachers to preach 
proper doctrines. And who did he send? The Levites. Who are the Levites, bribe? We studied this whenever they built the temple. When the children of Israel split, all of them got inheritance except one, the Levites. Because the Levites' inheritance was the church. It was their job to take care of the church, to take care of the temple. And that's what they did, Brad. So, for Jehoshaphat to send the Levites out, it's like sending out the generals of the army of the living God. And he's sending them out to go teach. What an honor. And I mean, I can just imagine the sweet smell before God's nostrils of how beautiful that was. I mean, seriously. Because God honors righteousness. He honors a purity. He doesn't honor the taint. He cannot smell that. It's a, it's a stench in his nostrils. He, when, they, when they mix, when you mix with Baal and you mix with the world and you mix with the culture, that is a stench in his... He is nowhere to be found. God does not do that. You cannot show me any place. And I, this scripture just popped in my mind that people use. Well, I become all things to all people. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that you touch the unclean thing. It doesn't mean you mix with them. It means that you have become an understanding of where they're coming from. You have, you have adapted to their way of thinking, not that you became them. Not that you partnered with them and agreed with it. Did you know, Bride, when you go on a platform and you are on the platform with someone else and y'all are all together, you're endorsing what they're doing. You're on the same platform. You see what I'm saying? So, let's continue here. And Shemaramoth, and Jehonathan, and Adonijah, and Tobijah, and Tob Adonijah, Levites, and with them Elishema, and Jehoram, priests. And they taught in Judah, and had the book of the law of the Lord with them, and went about throughout all the cities of Judah, see? and taught the people. Proper doctrine. The Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were round about Judah, so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. The fear of the Lord fell upon the people. This is what we need today. We need the fear of the Lord to fall upon the people. With a mighty, holy respect of God and a respect of his kingdom and a respect of his word, like, I wouldn't want to partner with that because... I love God too much. I would not. Why would you do that? Like, you know, type of deal. Let's go. Also, some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents and tribute, silver, and the Arabians brought him flocks, 7,700. <laughs> Sounds like Solomon's time, don't it? He goes. And Jehoshaphat waxed great exceedingly, and he built in Judah castles and cities of store. And he had much business in the cities of Judah. Let me pause. This is the deal with President Trump. Remember when I first went there and I warned him, do not partner with the LGBT community because God will not bless the country if you partner with perversion. So six months later when he starts doing it and then the evangelicals jump aboard and all this all summer long, the Lord had me address it again. 
If you continue going down this road, it's going to bring judgment to the country a lot faster than what God wants. God is showing right here, when you tear down them idols, when you deal with those idols and you pull them things down, you say no and you turn. That is where your blessings are, bride. You cannot, like he says right here, he pulled away from the culture and from the ways of the wicked. He didn't partner with Baal. And that is where he became great. God is the only reason that this country can be great. It takes the, the face of the country before God. In righteousness and holiness where the greatness comes from. Not in any other economic way. The country is great because God is great. Okay? But if we partner with perversion, it brings a stench. It's a stench to him. And when the church comes alongside and they partner with it too, it's a huge stench. It is an abomination in his eyes. He, he, cannot, do, he cannot partner with that. So he lifts his hand. So the chaos ensues because God's blessing is not on that. All right, so let's continue. And the men of war, mighty men of valor, were in Jerusalem. And these are the numbers of them according to the house of their fathers. Of Judah, the captains of thousands, Abner the chief. And with him, mighty men of valor, three hundred thousand. And next to him was Jehohanan, the captain, and with him two hundred and fourscore thousand. And next him was Amasiah, the son of Zikri, who willingly offered himself unto the Lord. And with him, two hundred thousand mighty men of valor. Verse 16. Eliada, a mighty man of valor, and with him armed men with bow and shield, two hundred thousand. And next to him was Jehozabad, and with him an hundred and fourscore thousand. That's a cool name, Jehozabad. These waited on the king, beside those whom the king puts in the fenced cities throughout all Judah. All right, bride, chapter 18. Second Chronicles 18. Now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. Oh yeah. And joined affinity with Ahab. Why did he have After that? After years, he went down to Ahab to Samaria, and Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance, and for the people that he had with him, and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth Gilead. And Ahab, king of Israel, said unto Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Wilt thou go with me to Ramoth Gilead? And he answered him. I am as thou art, and my people as thy people, and we will be with thee in the war. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Wow. For the king of Israel gathered together of prophets four hundred men, and said unto them, Shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Wow, they saw God, God. For God will deliver it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, for he never prophesied good unto me, but always evil. The same as Oh <laughs> Oh man Wow Is this not the perfect scenario of what is happening in our country right now. Bride, look. Let's just pause 
here a minute and examine what's happening. And you all can agree that this is happening. Do we not have two separate prophetic voices going out there? You have one set of prophetic voices, which are the ones back in Kanye. These prophetic voices are saying, oh, everything's great. Uh... You know, there's going to be this big, great revival, and and you're going to be rich, you're going to be wealthy, you're going to be this. It's all building up the you, you know, building up the person. And uh, then you have this other voice over here, and this other voice is saying, people, you better repent because judgment is coming. Our country needs to turn around. And this voice, the prophetic voices, is warning the church of what's coming and God's view of what the country is doing. And so you have this prophetic voice that is the warning and telling them you better repent. And then you got this other voice saying, uh, you can partner with the world. You can partner with idols. You know, you're going to have your best life now. Yeah, you don't have to change. <laughs> I mean, God knows how you are, people. Uh, don't worry about doctrine. All these people over here are just, uh, they're just off their rockers. They're extremists. They are listening to the wrong frequency. They are the gloom and doomers over here. But this side is the one that is partnering with the culture partnering with the unclean thing and <laughs> going off a cliff. Okay, anyway, their fruit is being exposed right now. And if you can't see it right now, you're missing it. The discernment is off because God is exposing this group because when I did that uh, post, that one article that talked about the LGBT and the evangelicals and Kanye or whatever, uh, I was talking about how if you look at all the decisions that's been exposed of this certain group in 2019, just look at what happened in 2019 alone and how they've dealt with it. The first thing was Todd Bentley, all the perversion, pedophilia, all the different uh, accusations that come at him. And what did they do? How did they defend him? Did they sit him down? Did they call him to accountability? Did they tell him to step back and get counseling and, and you know, whatnot, whatnot? No. He has continued with all those accusations for almost 10 years now. The same evangelicals in that scenario, okay? The next situation was something... Uh, something, something. I don't know, but it was three different scenarios that I brought up. And they all had to do with partnering with wickedness. And every one they partnered with. And so this last one is the sure sign to the church that they have flipped. And so just in this year, they have been exposed. So in 2020, we think, I just want to tell you all this kind of off the cuff, but if Right now in 2019, we think we have seen what they have been endorsing. I don't think we've seen anything yet. This is a precursor to what is about to be revealed 
over here from 2020 on. So, it's going to hit the fan. And one day, I believe there's going to be a showdown between the false prophets and the true prophets. I truly believe this. So, when we look at this situation here, you've got a king who, when he came into power, he honored the proper order of God. He honored his father, and he honored the Ten Commandments, and he, he repented and turned, tore down the idols in the country, and said, we're not partnering with Baal. Sent out all the best teachers in the country to bring proper doctrine. Now, there's someone else wanting to partner with him. So, look at what happened. He says, the guy that's wanting to partner with him says, let me call on the prophets and because and, we want to go to war. So, let's call the prophets and see what they say. To make this good, honest king think that, that he is on the up and up. So, he's calling on all these prophets. So, then he says, well, isn't there another one? And he's like, I don't like them because he always gets on to me. He's a negative. You know, in, in today's vernacular, he's a gloom and doomer. So, I don't want to hear from him. So, this to me is a telltale, thank you, Lord, of what is happening today. So, let's examine this again. Let's go back to chapter 18, verse 1. Now, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor and abundance and joined affinity with Ahab. And this is what's happening right now in the church with Kanye and all these other superstars uh, that they're all joining affinity with. Justin Bieber with Hillsong, Korn with Lou Engel, and this and this. All these people joining together, they've joined affinity with Ahab. And after certain years, he went down to Ahab to Samaria. And Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance. And for the people that he had with him and persuaded him to go up with him to Romoth Gilead. So he let him know, hey, I respect you because I've sit here and given you all this oxen and whatnot. And Ahab, king of Israel, said unto, okay, here we go. Here's a good scenario. King of Israel, king of the culture. King of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, the righteous one. Will thou go with me to Rothmeth Gilead? And he answered him, I am as you are, and my people as your people, and we will be with thee in the war. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. So he wanted to know, what does God have to say about this before we go? Therefore the king of Israel gathered together of the prophets, he gathered his own prophets together. Okay, 400 men and said unto them, Shall we go to Ruth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for God will deliver it to the king's hand. Positive, positive, positive. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we may inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, for he never prophesies good to me, but always evil. The same as Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. 
And the king of Israel called for one of his officers and said, Fetch quick, quickly Micah, the son of Imla. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, set either of them on his throne, clothed in their robes, and they sat in a void place at the ending at the entering in of the gate of Samaria, and all of the prophets prophesied before them. Wow. That'd be like President Trump saying, okay, I want all prophets here. The ones, the gloom and doom, and I want the other ones. And I want them all to prophesy before us. This is the same, same scenario. Okay, so. Uh, let's see. Okay, and Zedekiah, we're in verse 10. The son of Shinnanah had made him horns of iron and said, Thus saith the Lord, Will the, With these thou shalt push Syria until they be consumed. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Rothmath Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the messenger that went to call Micaiah spoke to him, saying, Behold, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one assent. Let thy word, therefore, I pray thee, be like one of theirs, and speak good. Boy, is this a good one today, bride. Wow! I am fired up right now. And Micah said, As the Lord liveth. Even what my God says, that will I speak. In other words, I'm not going to partner with them. I'm going to partner with God. And whatever he tells me to say is what I'm going to say. So, all right, let's put ourselves in his shoes. He is going before two great kings. Up against an entire culture of positivity. And they're all telling him all these swelling words, these kings. So, let's see what happens here. This is going to be something. Verse 14. And when he was come to the king, the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go to Rothmith Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And he said, Go ye up and prosper. And they shall be delivered into your hand. What? And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou say nothing but the truth to me in the name of the Lord? Then he said, I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return, therefore, every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would not prophesy good unto me, but evil? Again he said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. Uh-oh. I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne, and all the host of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall? At Rothmath Gilead. Wow. And one spoke saying after this manner. And another saying after this manner. Then there came out of. Out a spirit. And stood before the Lord. <laughs> Ooh, this is freaky bride. 
And he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Wow. Wow, that just answered a question to me. I have wondered how can all these people, all these separate people, be hearing the same thing. Wow. Now that just answered. It is a lying devil that goes to each one of these people and they hear it and they think it's God. Wow. Let me repeat this. Verse 21, and he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, thou shalt entice him and thou shalt also prevail. Go out and do even so. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets. Wow. Can you believe this bride? I just want to cry. God help our country. And the Lord has spoken evil against thee. That's the Lord's judgment against our country. And that's sad. Oh, man. It's like he puts them over to a reprobate mind. Lord, forgive our country. Forgive us, Lord. Then Zedekiah, the son of Shania, came near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, What way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see on that day when thou shalt go into the inner chamber to hide thyself. Then the king of Israel said, Take ye Micaiah and carry him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison and feed him with the bread of affliction, all, all because he spoke the truth, and with water of affliction until I return in peace. And Micaiah said, if thou certainly return in peace, then has not the Lord spoke to me? And he said, hearken to all your people. So in other words, God just told me you're about to die, sir. So if you if you come back, then I heard God wrong. That's what he's saying. Oh, man, this just makes me so sad for our country. Oh, man. Because this... This answers what is happening in our country right now. This is answering why these people are partnering with wickedness and why they're doing these things. It answers all of it. And it's so sad. It's so sad because this is judgment. And I haven't even seen this yet. But this is part of the judgment. And for the righteous. Oh my God. For the righteous. Lord help our country. This that we're seeing right now. Is the judgment of God. Because he's allowed us to see. The depravity of our country. And the depravity of the church. 
<laughs> that we would have our very own people partner with this vomit. Lord, please forgive us and forgive our church, Lord. Are you in this sad, Brian? He's showing us in this chapter. He's showing us about how judgment works. Well, this is going to be interesting for us to see how this turns out because, uh, you know, maybe God will speak to us about where we go from here. Because what we're seeing right now with all this partnership with evil and partnership with this culture is going to do nothing but get worse. And it's God just letting us know, you know, that this is part of the judgment to us because of our wickedness and the things that we have done before God and the things that we have done before his throne that he would allow our church to partner with that, our leaders. Oh, man. All right. So, in verse 26, Thus saith the king, put this fellow in the prison. So this prophet knows that he's about to go to prison for telling him the truth. And so the prophet turns around and tells him, Okay, because if you come back, and you're still alive after I gave you this word, then let it so be, so be it. So the king of Israel, which we know in this chapter means the culture king, and Jehoshaphat, which is the king of Judah, which represents the righteousness and the remnant, went up to Roth Gilead, and the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and will go to the battle, but put thou on, my, on thy robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went to the battle. And the reason he is is because he obviously didn't believe. He obviously didn't believe all his false prophets, did he? Because they all spoke positive to him and told him, you know, go on up there and go to that battle. Go to war because you're going to prosper. <laughs> Just like these words. Just like these words that are today. And, but, yeah, the one that stood up for God's heart is the one that they're throwing in the prison. And, but he obviously believes this one. Because why else would he be disguising himself? I mean, think about it. Common sense. Why else would he be disguising himself if he believed all the prosperous ones? It sounds so much like what's happening today, don't it, Brad, with the prosperity gospel and everything? So let's see what happens right here. Alright, so... So the king of Israel, this is verse 29, disguised himself, and they went to the battle. In verse 30, Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of the chariots that were with him, saying, Fight ye not with small or great, save only with the king of Israel. 
Wow. Wow. So the king of Syria had in his mind he was coming to kill the king. Wow. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, It is the king of Israel. Therefore they compassed him about to fight, but Jehoshaphat cried out. And the Lord helped him. Isn't that something? And God moved him, God, to depart. Don't that just confirm to us, Brad, the protection we have in God. When we keep him first, when we cry out to him how he is there to protect us. Remember, we just saw in the Bible study yesterday where you had the great army before them and the great army that had snuck up behind them and they were trapped. And what did they do? They lifted up their hands right there and just cried out to God. And then they shouted with a great shout and blew the trumpet in the midst of the onslaught from hell. And God saved them there. And look, he saved them here. Even, he saved them even though the king of Israel, the culture king, even though the king of Israel turned around and tried to be all sneaky and trap him as the king. Is that not what he tried to do? And they were coming to kill the king, but when they saw it was Joseph, Joseph had cried out to God, and God moved and saved him. For it came to pass that when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back again from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Therefore he said to his chariot men, Turn thy hand, that thou mayest carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, howbeit the king of Israel stayed himself up in his chariot against the Syrians until the even. And about the time of the sun going down, he died. Wow. Wow. This chapter is so good. Oh my goodness. He died after that prophet prophesied that he was going to die. I wonder how all the other false prophets, how they felt when he didn't go up there and prosper. And then the one that is in prison because he spoke the truth, his word came to pass. And God, I mean, look what God did. Even though Jehoshaphat went in the battle and the enemy tried to trap him, God protected him when he called out to him. Is the Lord faithful to his remnant or what, Brad? Whew, okay, let's go to chapter 19. I'm telling y'all, Brad, <laughs> I am feeling the fire of God over here. Hey, if I'm in this Bible study and you see me fall over and start speaking in tongues, just, just let it roll. Let it rip. <laughs> okay, here we go. Chapter 19. Second Chronicles 19. And Jehoshaphat.
Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace. In peace. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Shouldst thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. What? Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee, in that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land, and hast prepared thine heart to seek God. And Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem, and he went out again through the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim, and brought them back unto the Lord God of their fathers. And he set judges in the land throughout all the fenced Hold on a minute. I don't get that. Do y'all? Take heed what ye do. Did I miss something? Okay. So, the king of Israel died, just like the true prophet prophesied. And in the next chapter it says, And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace in Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hananiah the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. Oh, see, I was wondering that. I was wondering after he knew what the word said about not going to that battle, he went to the battle in error. He should not have went because the word of the Lord had spoken. Am I right? So it says over here on the side, evil association. So because he partnered with the king of Israel after God spoke not to, he got punished by God, but God still protected him. Isn't that amazing? Now let's go back and see if I'm understanding this right. Okay, so... Therefore, at verse 18 in chapter 18. Okay, this is the prophet talking to the king of Israel. I saw the Lord saying upon his throne, and all the host of heaven sitting on the, standing on the right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Rothmath Gilead? That's where God says, Okay, you're going to die. And one spoke, saying, after this manner, and another saying, after that manner, means all the lying prophets. Then there came out a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice them. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit into the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, Thou shalt entice him, and thou shalt also prevail. Go out and do even so. So this right here shows you that nothing is going to happen to you unless God gave permission. So the testings that come to us, all of that stuff. Uh, because this spirit went before God and said, I'll test him. And then God said, okay, go ahead. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets. And the Lord has spoken evil against thee. Then Zedekiah the son of Shaniah came near and smote Micaiah upon the cheek and said, 
which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? In other words, that other prophet got mad. And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see on that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. Then the king of Israel said, Take him, Micaiah, and carry him. That's when he put him in prison. Okay, so in other words, he knew that he knew he was wrong when he went out to battle with the king of Israel. So the prophet come up, Jehu, and said, You was in error. You should not have done that. So verse 3, Nevertheless, there are good things found in you. In other words, God has mercy for you. And that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land, pulling down the idols, okay, uh, and has prepared your heart to seek God. So in other words, God has found mercy on you, even though you did something stupid. And Jehoshaphat dwelled at Jerusalem, and he went out again to the through the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim and brought them back unto the Lord God of their fathers. All right, let's continue because he says, and he set judges in the land throughout all the fenced cities of Judah, city by city. So basically, he's putting everything back in order. Judge not for man, but for the Lord, who is with you in the judgment. Wherefore, now let the fear of the Lord be upon you, Take heed and do it. For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect of persons. No respect of persons. Nor taking of gifts. Moreover, in Jerusalem did Jehoshaphat set of the Levites and of the priests and of the chief of the fathers of Israel for the judgment of the Lord and for controversies when they returned to Jerusalem. And he charged them, saying, Thus shall ye do in the fear of the Lord faithfully and with a perfect heart. And what cause soever shall come to you of your brethren that dwell in their cities, between blood and blood, between law and commandment, statutes and judgments, ye shall even warn them that they trespass not against the Lord. Warn them. And so wrath come upon you, and upon your brethren this do, and ye shall not trespass. And behold, Amariah the chief priest is over you in all matters of the Lord, and Zebediah the son of Ishmael, the ruler of the house of Judah, for all the king's matters, also the Levites shall be officers before you. Deal courageously, and the Lord shall be with the good. All right, right there, you know, he put the Levites in charge, meaning he's keeping the proper order of God. Now we're on to chapter 21, I mean 20. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. What? Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria, and behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. All right, he sought and the Lord. themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood awesome. in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand... Is there not power and might? Ooh, he is, is reminding God of who he is. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel? 
and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein. Sounds like Solomon when he prayed the temple, don't it? cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence. For thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. I gotta pause here, Brad. I mean, does this not warm your heart? Because remember when Solomon was dedicating the temple and he prayed and he talked to the Lord and he said, Lord, when the future generations are hurting and they look towards this place and they cry out to you, Lord, will you please hear their prayers? And now we see, Brad, a couple of generations down, and they're doing that very thing. See how God is going to honor Solomon, his prayers. And Solomon's already passed. Isn't God just so faithful? See, this is what I love about the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament shows us God's heart. It shows us God's character. It shows us the beginning this is our roots, okay, is God, not the Hebraic roots, God. Let's continue. The children of Ammon and of Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldst not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Oh, yeah. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Oh. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst <gasps> of the congregation. Oh! And he said, Hearken ye, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king, Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Wow! Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> Go yes! Down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeruel. Bam in your face, so devil! To fight in this battle, set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, Woo! be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. <laughs> I'm fired up, Brad. Of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Oh, and the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children Ooh. of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, God is so amazing. And said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. That when is the key. The people, that is the key. The Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord. 
for his mercy endureth forever. Yes. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments. <laughs> yes. Mount Seir, oh my goodness. Judah, and they were smitten. Oh man! To slay and destroy them, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, every one helped to destroy another. Wow! And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth. Wow! Escaped none. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies. And precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. Wow. And they were three oh. days gathering of the spoil. So much. And on the fourth wow. day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Barakah. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore the name of the same place was called the valley of Barakah unto this day. And they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them. To go again to Jerusalem with joy. With joy. The Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. <laughs> and they came to Jerusalem yes, with Lord. and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries. I bet it was, they baby. That the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. And Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was thirty and five years old when he began to reign. And he reigned twenty and five years of Jerusalem. Wow. And his mother's name was Azabah, the daughter of Shillai. Paul. And he walked in the way of Asa's father. Brad, do you remember? From it. To you that's been doing these Bible studies with me, do you remember when I told you every time that a mother is mentioned what that means? In this case, God let us know who the mother of this boy was. This is a good lesson for us mothers out here. That this woman had done such an awesome job with this child. That this child grew up to honor the Lord. To put God first. To seek God. You know, that's one mistake I made as a mother, Brad. I wish I would have done different. Let me pause this. If I was to become a mother again, this is how I would raise my kids differently than the way I did before. Is I did raise my kids in church, but I did not raise them enough in the Word. That's one regret I have. I wish I would have began reading the Bible as soon as they was born. Because now I understand the value of it. I understand the power of the words. I understand that while my eyes are reading this tree, this is a tree. Remember I told you we're all trees in God's great garden. God revealed all that when I wrote the Organic Christianity book. Uh, but we're all trees and... When we write books, we're releasing seeds out of our trees into other trees, earthly trees. And then when spiritual trees read this book, those seeds go into spiritual trees and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so as I'm a tree and I'm reading of the seeds of these authors and the seeds of God, the jewels 
that God is presented in the Word of God. It is coming in my tree and it's infiltrating my tree. So those seeds are going in here and it's it's impacting me as a person. If I had to do it over with when my children were little, I would have read the Word of God the Word of God to them since the day they were born. And I would have them know when a problem arose, I would say, okay, what does the Bible say about it? Not what your mama thinks, but what does the Bible say? Instead of the way, and I did my children the way I was raised, but now if I had to do it over, I would try to do it this way. But the way I was raised is I'm your mother and you will do what I say and you will honor what I say. And I would not even give the kids an inch. You know, I did believe in discipline and I would whip my kids. And, you know, if they, they never raised their voice to me. I have one child that tried when they was older and that was the only time they ever tried. I kept my foot down. I was very stern. And because of that, they were very respectful and we got compliments everywhere we went. Because of them uh, honoring the Lord, you know, I mean, honoring their mom. But now, if I had to do it over, I would tell the children, okay, you had this problem at school. Let's find out what God says about it in the Bible. And so I would have trained them up probably how this boy was raised in that God always gets the honor. Always seek the Lord first instead of coming to your mom and asking your mom what to do. Let's go to the Bible and find out what God wants you to do. Go pray about it. And then let me know what God tells you. You see what I mean? Making them accountable to God. Instead, it was so much of me. You know, but that's the way I was raised. So now I wish I wouldn't have done that. But nothing I can do about it now. But I can encourage you, if you have children at home, you know, uh, have them seek the Bible. Have them look it up. Go Go research it in the Word and then come back and let me know what God says about it. Or let's search it out together. So, in this case where the mom was mentioned, it meant that God actually really approved of her. She did a great job. So, let's continue. Doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Howbeit the high places were not taken away. What? For as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of Jehu, the son of Hanani, who is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. And after this did Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, join himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who did what? very wickedly. And he joined himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish. Oh no, he joined the with the evil. Then Eliezer, the son of Dodavah, of Moresha, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because thou hast joined thyself with Ahaziah, the Lord hath broken thy works. And the ships were broken, that they were not able to go to Tarshish. Oh, man, he touched the unclean thing. What the world? Let's back up and examine this, because this is the king. First of all, we saw where he went off the cliff. What was the thing that he did that caused him to go off the cliff? He partnered with the culture. This king partnered with the children of, I mean, the king of Israel, who was the one partnering with the culture. 
Okay, so because he did that, when he went to war with him, when he shouldn't have, God still protected him. Remember, God went out there and defeated everybody. But when he come back, God rebuked him through a prophet and said, you should not have done that. So what he did, bride, is he opened up the door to the devil. Now let's go back and see if he actually repented after he was rebuked by that prophet. All right, so let's see here. All right, so hold on here. Where was it at, Brian? Okay, here we go, chapter 19. And this is after the uh, king of Israel had just died, remember? So chapter 19. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hananiah the seer, went out to meet him and said to king Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, should thou help the ungodly? So the king of Israel was the ungodly. Why? Because he partnered with the culture. And loved them that hate the Lord. Therefore is the wrath upon thee from before the Lord. Nevertheless, there are good things found in you that thou hast taken away, that grows out of the land and has prepared. So he did not repent for that. But the next incident that come up, he did seek the Lord. God saved him in that battle. So now, we're at the end of chapter 20. So let's read this together because I want to make sure I understood this right. Verse 30. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest round about. And, and why did he get rest in the kingdom, bride? Because he sought the Lord for the battle. Remember, God wants to be included in everything. So Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 30 and 5 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 5 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Azabah, the daughter of Shelah. And he walked in the way of Asa, his father, which we know Asa was blessed by the Lord because he honored David and honored did what's right, and departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. However, the high places were not taken away. Now, what's the high places, Brian? When we talked about that before, that is the occult, partnering with the occult. For as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. Now, the rest, which means what, Brian? They had partnered with the culture. This is what I'm trying to tell you. They partnered with the culture, the newfangled way of doing religion the newfangled way of doing it, instead of honoring the precepts of God. Okay, so now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of Jehu, the son of Hananiah, who is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. And after this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, joined himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel, 
who did very wickedly. So he partnered with another ungodly alliance, and he joined himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish, and they made the ships in Ezion Gaber. Remember, Bride, I mean, as we're studying this, it's not how you begin. You can begin with good and honest intentions, but if you continually dishonor God and touch the unclean thing and partner with the unholy, you will eventually just go into gross darkness. Then Eleazar, the son of Dodava of Meresha, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because thou hast joined thyself with Ahaziah, the Lord has broken your works, and the ships were broken and they were not able to go to Tarshish. And then I wrote in my Bible, Touch not the unclean thing, and seek the Lord first. Okay, we're learning a lot of stuff. Let's go to chapter 21. All right, chapter 21. Second Chronicles 21. This is the last now, one today. Oh, he died. And Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead. And he had brethren, the sons of Jehoshaphat, Azariah and Jehiel and Zechariah and Azariah and Michael and Shephatiah. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat. I wonder how his son's going to do. And their father gave them great gifts of silver and of gold and of precious things with fenced cities in Judah. But the kingdom gave he to Jehoram, because he was the firstborn. Now when Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren <gasps> with the sword, and divers also of the princes of Israel. No. Jehoram was thirty and two years old when he began to reign, and oh. he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He, he killed his brothers. Like as did the house of Ahab, for he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, and he wrought that which was evil. Oh, man. Howbeit the Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David. Pause. Let's examine this a minute. Why do you think this happened? Do you think that it's because the Father opened a door to the enemy? Into the gateway, into the house? You know, I did a show on the radio, on WATV radio, called uh, Not Shut the Gates, but... Um, The one about the parents. What was it, Holy Spirit? Um, I can't think of it now. Hold on, I'll tell you, Brad. The parent gate. There we go. The parent gate. That's the name of the show. Now, the parent gate, I, I did a lot of shows talking about how, okay, if we do something, we open the door up to hit our children. And I believe that's what happened here. 
And it's just so sad because he was doing so good. But what happened is he started joining these evil alliances and it opened up the gates to the children. And so he has a son that he was greatly proud of and he knew that he was going to be the king. So he kind of favored him. And then he went in and killed all the other brothers. I mean, it's sad. As he promised to give a light to him and to his sons forever. In his days, the Edomites revolted from under the dominion of Judah and made themselves a king. And Jehoram went forth with his princes and all his chariots with him. And he rose up by night and smote the Edomites, which compassed him in, and the captains of the chariots. So the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. The same time also did Libna revolt from under his hand, because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. Moreover, he made high places in the mountains of Judah and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication and compelled Judah thereto. Balls, 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 balls. I wrote here in my Bible that the high places is idolatry. Now, idolatry has to be dealt with. When we want to make things right with God, we have to deal with the idolatry that's in our lives. And that's why when you when we read all these stories of all these kings, when they make it right with God, the first thing they do is tear down their idols. I mean, it's common sense, Brad. So if you have somebody coming in the kingdom and they are known for saying that they were God and that they have formed this blasphemous money-making business, would that not be the first thing that God would deal with if we was true Christians? He would say, uh, if you want to be a Christian, you have to renounce saying that you is God and you have to repent before my people. Uh, you have to renounce with your mouth the partnership that you made with Satan. You have to renounce this publicly because you're a public personality. And let me tell you, Brad, God will do that, you know, years ago. When I graduated my master's degree back in 2012, in 2013, he wouldn't let anybody hire me. And then he said, get on your face and get right with me. This was about five months later. And what was the first thing he made me do? The first thing. Go public and repent. That was the very first thing he made me do. I had to deal with the public spectacle I had made out of my walk. I had to deal with the lies. I had to deal with the idols that I had built up. I had to crush them immediately. So that just has to be dealt with. And these kings, see, that's what they did. And so it says here, Moreover, he made high places in the mountains of Judah and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication. All the people that partner with this perversion out here that's being pushed, this new age Jesus, it is going to taint their homes and taint their families. They are committing fornication. That's why when you read the book of Revelation and it talks about the great whore, that's what it is. The great whore cheats on God. The great whore has other idols before him. Remember, God is jealous for us. He don't do all that mess. So let's continue. And there came a writing to him from Elijah the prophet. Verse 12. Saying, 
Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father, because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat thy father, nor in the ways of Asa king of Judah, but hast walked in the way of the kings of Israel, Culture. and hast made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go a-whoring, like to the whoredoms of the house of Ahab, See? and also hast slain thy brethren of thy father's house, which were better than thyself. Behold, with a great plague will the Lord smite thy people, and thy children, and thy wives, and all thy goods. Look at that. And thou shalt have great sickness by disease of thy bowels, until thy bowels fall out by reason of the sickness day by day. My mouth is to the floor. Wow. Wow, I'm just in shock over that one because God is saying the stench coming before my nostrils of your partnership with whoredom. Remember, Bride, this is coming to my spirit right now when I talk to you about the LGBT spirit. When I wrote that book uh, called Shut the Gates, Purity in the Bedroom, I talked about why is the homosexual lifestyle, why is the enemy pushing that so much? Why? Because it goes in the back door. It's directly opposite from God. And so to me, when, look how God is mixing up bowels, the exit, when it talks about the perversion, I see it as the same, homosexuality. Uh, the perversion, the backwardsness of it. Uh, so he's saying your bowels are going to fall out in front of everyone day by day. Like your insides, the rottenness of the stench that I smell is going to be exposed for everyone to see this on a daily basis. But I want you to notice something, Brian. Please, 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 please hear me right now. I did a whole show on the judgment of God and what happens when you touch the unclean thing and how it hits everything in your life. Look at what happens here. This is God Almighty talking to him. Behold, with a great plague will the Lord smite your people. Who is his people? Everybody he's attached to is going to be hit with this plague and your children and your wives and all your goods why do you think when god did judgment upon a city he destroyed everything in that city bride why do you think he did because he destroys everything sin touches animals children, goods, houses, land. Did you know that the land answers to God for the sin that's spilled upon it? That's why the land will just open up and swallow it. We saw it, Brad, with Moses' day. When the guy come up against Moses and the land got mad and opened up and swallowed those people whole, and not just the man that was the offender, not just the man who was the offender, but everybody that partnered with this rottenness got swallowed up all over the tents. 
everywhere. The land knew exactly where the offenders were, and it reached over there and pulled this one down and pulled this one down and swallowed up all this darkness. We're seeing it right here. If you touch the unclean thing, your house will be affected. When you touch with a ministry that is partnered with perversion, that is partnered with the ungodly, and you question why your child comes up later and says, now all of a sudden have an attraction to another person that's the same sex. Ask God, what door did I open? Don't just blame it on your kid. Ask God as the parent gate, did I open up a gate to my children? Because I'm still attached to this rottenness over here that's a stench in God's nostrils. So when God tells them, I want you to go kill child, parent, everything in there, everything that sin has touched, I want it gone. That is what he's saying right here. You've got to see this, bride. This is why we have to pay attention to who we're attached to, research what they're doing, who they're partnering with, because it will affect you and hit your house. Verse 16, Moreover, the Lord stirred up against Jehoram, the spirit of the Philistines, and of the Arabians that were near the Ethiopians, and they came up unto Judah and broke into it. This is so sad. Because of the way that God had protected Judah and broke into it and carried away all the substance that was found in the king's house and also his sons and his wives so that there was never a son left of him. Isn't that sad? Save Jehoaz, the youngest of his sons. And after all this, the Lord smote him in his bowels with an incurable disease. Remember, bride, I was telling you, when sickness hits you, calamity or whatever, ask the Lord why. Is it a door I've opened so I can repent? Is it a disobedience that I've done? Okay, verse 19, and it came to pass that in the process of time, so the word of the Lord was fulfilled, his bowels continually fell out daily for people to see. After the end of two years, two years he was exposed, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness, so he died of sore diseases. Isn't that sad? And his people made no burning for him like the burning of his fathers. They didn't honor him. Thirty and two years old was he when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem eight years and departed without being desired. Howbeit they buried him in the city of David, but not in the sepulchres with the king because of his disobedience to God. Wow, bride, bride, bride. Oh, man, I just want to fall on my face right now and just repent before the Lord and just pray for our country. Today's Bible study opened up so many uh, answers to what's happening today. Does it not? All these evangelicals, all these people out here partnering with the culture and partnering with the unclean thing is a stench in God's nostrils. And God confirmed it today and even gave us an example of the exact same scenario that happened back then.
and talked about what, why is it that way? And why would they do that? Why? Because God has sent out a lying devil that is lying or allowed this lying devil to lie and deceive these people. Why? It's because it's a judgment to our church. Because the church has cheated on him. The church has uh, quit preaching truth. And this is our judgment. So, since it's been revealed today, we just right now, Lord, as this is fresh on our spirit, repent. We take responsibility for what our church has done to you, Lord, and we repent. We humbly repent. And we see what we have done. We see it and we recognize it. And we're addressing it. Because we have learned in your word, Lord, you want us to address sin. You want us to be honest about it. You don't want us to skirt around it, ignore it, push it under the rug, and act like it doesn't exist. No. You want us to call it out and to say it how it is. And so, Lord, we humbly, humbly, humbly uh, see today what it is that has happened in our country. And we just ask you to forgive us, Lord, and help us in Jesus' name. Wow, Brad, what a Bible study. I have to say, this is the best one yet. This one today. <sighs> Powerful. I'm telling you. Well, I don't even know what to say except I love you, Brad. We just got to pray that um, we will do right in spite. I mean, we can't control what other people do, you know. But what we can control is are we going to touch it or not? Are we going to partner with all that mess? Or are we going to do what is right before God's eyes and speak what he tells us to speak when he tells us to speak it? And that's what we're going to do today. And so, um, I'm very thankful the Lord whipped us today in this Bible study because this was good. That today, we need to go back and watch this again. Because the Lord revealed today why these shenanigans are happening in our country today. And it's very sad when you think about why it is. But we just ask the Lord to forgive us and help us to not to have discernment and to not fall off the cliff, basically. So, alright, Bribe, well, I will talk to you later. Going to uh, celebrate that lady's birthday today. She's 92, and uh, her family's coming today with a cake to do a birthday party. And I'm very excited to be a part of it. I want to write her a card and uh, tell her how much I love her. I'm, she's a very teeny tiny woman. She's only like this tall. She's very short. Only weighs like 95 pounds. <laughs> very teeny tiny woman. Uh, but I want to uh, tell her how much I love her. I have fell in love with her bride. She, one time I was with her and she goes, where, where did you come from? And I said, uh, from the White House. <laughs> she goes, what? 
I said, yeah, I just left the President of the United States to come here and take care of you. And she goes, it was so funny, Bride, the look on her face. She was like, what? You left, you left the President to come take care of me? And this is what I told her. I said, yes. I said, this is how much the Lord loves you. I said, you are just as important as the President of the United States. I said, there is no respecter of persons in God's eyes. And she looked at me and she sat back and she said, thank you. I said, you're very welcome. So today is her birthday and uh, she just celebrated her 71st uh, wedding anniversary. Uh, with the husband that loves her more than life itself. He gave her a card for her birthday and bride. To all of you that uh, dream of what perfect love is, this is the perfectest love I've ever seen in my life. He gave her a card and he said, You are still the reason I live. And he was telling her how, how beautiful she is and how much he loves her. And I was like, wow, just, I mean, the opportunity to see this love at this age and this cuddling and holding hands and talking the sweet nothings and still, and they're 92 years old. <laughs> I mean, it is the most amazing uh, thing to watch because I see it as Jesus with the bride uh, even when we get old and how he will look at us and how his admiration for us is beyond uh, the way we look or the way that uh, we you know act sometimes his mercy towards us is just so everlasting and I'm seeing that with this couple. It's pretty amazing. I, I I was looking at her this morning as I was putting her back in the bed. And I always kiss her on the forehead, you know, when I put her to bed. And I was looking at her and I was thinking, I'm only going to be with you a few months. You know, I'm honored to be here in this cabin uh, to be writing and to be doing what I'm assigned to do and helping her to transition into glory. And I was looking at her thinking, I've only got a few months with you, but you're going to be before the Lord. I mean, this is what I was thinking. This woman is about to see the one that we love so much. She's, she's almost there. And we're still, we still got a battle to go through. You know, but the point that God would allow me to be with this woman, you know, as she is suffering right now and she sings to him constantly, you know, about meeting him. She serenades him all the time and she'll tell him, I can't wait to see you on that golden shore. And telling him how much she loves him. And so I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, 
you're really fixing to see him. You're really about to see our Savior. You're about to walk on those streets. You're, I mean, I look at her like, wow, you know, because I'm 51. And if I live to your age, like if I live to 92, I've got 40 years left, you know, and I want to be like her, you know, I want to, I want to be at my final stages and I want to be singing his praise and just like the bride, the bride that he longs for. Like she just constantly, I long for you. I, I can't wait to be with you and I love you so much. And I mean, this is a, it's a pleasure for me to be here. And when I leave here, I'm going to always remember her. You know, and I know that God has brought me here for such a time as this to see this happen, you know, and to see uh, this woman and how it reminds me of how short our time is, how what really matters in the earth is not culture. It doesn't matter the, the bell system. It's not the system. It is people. It is our relationship with God, you know, and to think that she has been on this earth 92 years and she is about to, I mean, just in a moment, in a flash, she's going to be stepping over there and he's going to be with his arms wide open. And she's going to be young again. She's going to be young again and she's going to be jumping in his arms like, I have cried for you. I have wanted you for so long. I mean, I just can't imagine what it's going to be like, you know, for, you know, Brad, I told you the story and then I'll get off here. I was with that man that was 101 when he died. Remember that story? This is an anointing on my life that God has given me. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, the Lord has anointed me to be with people on their deathbed. <laughs> And this started back in 2013. Uh, whenever he called me to travel and pray with people on their deathbed while I was going through my ministry of serving ministries, that was another part of my mission. But when I first started, they sent me to this nursing home. Do y'all like it when I tell you these little stories? Uh, I was going to this nursing home. And uh, they said, okay, you're going to meet this 101-year-old man because I was working for a hospice company. And I would pray with people on their deathbed. So they said, you're going to this uh, nursing home and this man is 101 years old. And we just want you to pray with him. So I was so nervous, Brian, because I've never done this before. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to pray with people on their deathbed. But, I mean, I knew how to pray. I knew how to talk to the Lord. So, anyways, I arrive at the nursing home. And I walk in this room. And there he is. He's laid out on the bed. And he's in a coma. And he looks so peaceful. Well, his wife was like 90-something, 90 94-something. 90 and she was in a wheelchair right next to his bed. And she was holding his hand. And then there was probably 10 music executives from Nashville in the room. They were his grandsons. And 
all on the wall was pictures of his family. I mean, like, you could tell. My first impression walking in there is like, wow. You know, this man has a family that really loves him. He's a very revered man, you know. And so, they were like, I told them, you know, I was with the hospice company. And they was like, oh, okay, well, very nice to meet you, you know. And I said, well, I'm just going to go over here and sit down, you know. Uh, I'm going to sit over here and pray a minute. And so, they're like, okay. So, I'm sitting over there just praying in tongues to myself. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, Brian, when God sent me to Washington, that's how I was there, too. I mean, God sends me to do all this stuff, and I'm like, Lord, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you or bust, you know. So, anyways, I'm sitting over there, and I'm praying under my breath, and I'm observing the room. And they're crying, and they're saying bye to their grandpa, and all this sweet nothings, you know. And I'm sitting there, my heart's just being melted, you know, hearing them with their grandpa and everything. Well, the wife rolls out of the room, I guess, to go somewhere to the nurse's station or whatever. And I told him, I said, excuse me. I said, do y'all mind if I pray for him? I feel like it's time. And they said, oh, yes, ma'am, please. And they all move out of the way. <laughs> Listen, Brad, I stood up there by his body, and I knew that everybody there was quiet, waiting to hear what I had to say. And I was like, you know, sometimes uh, when we're called to do something, it's all, I feel like you just have to go out of yourself. Like, God, <laughs> God has to take over, you know. Because you don't know what to do. It's like, God, you've got to take me right now or nothing, you know. Because I, I knew that this is their grandpa and everything that I say they're going to hang on to. And I, you know, I, I want to honor the family. So anyways, I get up there and I lay my hands on this, on this man. And I, I started praying just my what I knew to pray. I was like, Lord, I thank you for this man and his life and his family. And all of a sudden, Brad, I left in the spirit. When I touched him, I didn't know it was when the Lord was taking him over. And I touched him at the moment and God allowed me to go with him. And I saw this man enter into glory and the angels were as far as you could see and they bowed to this man. The angels bowed to this man. They were like, welcome. And he walked in. The Lord met him there with his family. And I was like, wow. And so I'm sitting there. My body is with the family. But my spirit or whatever, a vision, God allowed me to see him over there. I start shaking. And I'm like, you're royal. You're royal, sir. You're so royal. And then I was like, I'm so honored to be praying with you. I don't know who you are, but you're so royal in heaven. And I'm just, you know, just pouring it out. And I'm talking to this man, even though I've never met him, but I'm telling him, wow. Like I was, I was having this conversation. I was telling the Lord, thank you for this man's life. I don't know what he did, but I thank you for it, blah, blah, blah. So I come back. I'm weeping. I mean, just weeping. The whole room was weeping. The presence of the Lord was in that room like you wouldn't believe. 
And they was all like, that is the most amazing prayer we've ever heard in our life. And I said, I don't know what to tell y'all except your grandpa is royal to the Lord. And I left the room. So I go to church the next day. That was on a Saturday. I come back the next day. I just wanted to see how he was doing. And when I got there, the daughter come running out. She goes, you're not going to believe what happened. I couldn't wait to tell you. She said, after you left yesterday, our mama rolled back in the room and saw what had happened and felt the presence of the Lord. And she walked over there, and, or rolled over there, touched Dad's hand and said, Dad, it's okay. You can go. He waited. He waited for his wife. And when she gave him permission to go, he took his last breath. Now, is that not amazing? So the daughter was telling me, thank you, thank you, thank you. We don't know what we would have done without that prayer when that happened. So I went to the funeral, and they told the story at the funeral. And I could tell you so many stories of people on their deathbed that God allowed. I prayed with a woman as 110 one time. I ministered to her for six months before the Lord took her. She was so beautiful, this African-American woman. She was paralyzed from the neck down, and all she could do was smile and talk. And one day I was looking at her. I loved talking to her. I mean, she was an amazing woman. She had the best personality, even though she was a tiny woman. And she just laid there and would just talk and encourage me and you know it's just crazy so one day when she was getting close to dying because there is a process to natural death their breathing starts slowing down their heart rate starts slowing down you know and they start getting this raspy sound but she was slowing down and i was standing over her praying in tongues and I was rubbing her bald head because she had spots on her face where her skin was like black and white, where she had these different pigmentation, you know. And she had these very deep wrinkles. I mean, very, very deep in her face. And I was sitting there rubbing her head because she only had a few hairs left. And I was rubbing her head, praying in tongues, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, uh, do you see her face? I said, yes. And he said, I love her face. I said, yeah, she's beautiful. He said, yes, she's beautiful. He said, her, her wrinkles are like a ring on a tree. They tell me her story. He said, the generations, they dismiss the beauty of her, but not me. He said, I love her. So I was sitting there crying, and then she died like within a couple of days. But I asked the Lord, Lord, please let me be there when you take her. And he did. He allowed me. Uh, and so I was praying this morning about this woman here. I was like, Lord, I know that if you brought me here, she has to be close. Or something is happening uh, for me to be here that's a healing process or something, you know, type of deal. Um, so... Anyways, the Lord's amazing, Brad. I've enjoyed spending time with you, and I just pray for our church and our evangelicals that they would, that God would somehow uh, forgive the nation and have us turn from our idols, turn from our wicked ways, 
uh, stop these partnerships. Uh, you know, but it's already been written in the Bible, so what are you going to do? All right, Brad, well, I love you, and, and God bless.